Welcome to Rooted Within with Lily and Dan, a podcast that shines a spotlight on positive change makers, sharing their stories of legacy, inspiration, and impact. Each episode, Lily and Dan will speak to individuals who have made their dreams a reality, exploring their journeys, mindset shifts, and what motivated them. Join us as we explore the lives of those who are making a difference and let their stories inspire you to achieve your own goals. I'm just like, what is this life? I can't make friends. I'm not in any relationships. I'm addicted to these hundred different things and I don't know how to deal with it. And I had failed all my exams. That was my wake up moment. And I was like, this is crazy. Like I believed in science and all this, but I was like, how can something like this happen? And that was the first time when I was like, okay, maybe there's something to this meditation thing. I thought, because of psychology and stuff, my past events, my past trauma, the things I've done in my past make me who I am. The childhood I have, the genes I have, make me who I am. Later on, realizing your past doesn't make you who you are. The habits in your present, that's what makes you who you are. As society evolves, as technology evolves, humans devolve, I've realized. At the end of the day, is understanding what your mind is, the power of it, creating a good relationship with it and using it. Rooted Within with Lily and Dan. Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Rooted Within. I'm actually flying solo today. There is no Lily because Lily's picking up her relatives from the airport. However, that doesn't stop us as we have an incredible guest in the studio today. Oh, I'm going to welcome Sahil. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you. It's so, um, it's so good to have you here. You come highly recommended. I appreciate that. Honestly, Rooted Within, I've been watching you guys on Instagram. I've seen your reels and yeah, I'm more happy to be here than you are to have me here. I, I don't know. I think we're both happy 100%. actually. I can tell by the smiles on our faces. Yeah, 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 yeah. This but no, welcome, thing. welcome. Because um, I was talking to Poonam from Dubai Eye and then also, you know, Joe, who's one of our colleagues. Yeah. So so can I talk about the story a little bit? Of course bit? you can. Yeah, yeah. So Joe's my friend and... Um, Poonam is someone I did a radio interview with for Dubai Eye very recently. Yeah. So when I did my radio interview for her, she told me you should hit this guy up. And at the time I had no idea who you were. And she was like, you should hit this guy up and before I became a fan of you. And I was like, okay, I'm going to hit this guy up. Then Joe called me like two weeks ago and he's like, you should come on this podcast. So I first said yes to Joe and I was like, I'm 100% into it. I'm coming. And then I had coffee with Poonam the other day and she was like, did you hit him up? And I was like, oh no, I didn't. So I hit the Instagram up when I was already a guest and I was like <laughs> trying to collaborate with you guys and I was like I really want to come and my friend Joe who's handling the social media he's like telling me this is Joe but I didn't know it was my friend Joe I thought it was just some, <laughs> there's so many Joes out there so I, I was like, like some random so I was like oh just some random guy handling the social media and then he calls me and he's like you're gonna be on this podcast tomorrow so why are you asking me if you want to come on and I was like I didn't I didn't put together the pieces that Poonam the person for the radio and Joe my friend are both telling me to go on the same podcast nice. so, so that it's supposed to be we're really welcome we're really grateful even yeah so have you here me too. me too so for the benefit of our listeners what is your story who is Sahail yeah so my story I think it should I go back to where it started you can really? go back to wherever you want okay so At school, for me, it all started with dealing with my mental health. I had struggles with mental health for, from the age of 16 to 20, um, 19, 20. And I got bullied a lot. Uh, The way in which my parents' marriage was and stuff wasn't the most, it was just, it it was just not the best. I didn't have the best childhood in that way. And I don't have the greatest memories of when my parents were together, when I was, uh, when they were together. So that affected me and... Yeah, just like bullying and relationships and stuff like that uh, affected me a lot. And I didn't have any good coping mechanisms for it. So I would basically just spend all my time hanging out with my friends, wouldn't care about my studies or anything like that. I had 
developed so many addictions at that point from jumping from one relationship to another. I think in four years, I had three relationships, three relationships. And between each of them, one or two weeks max break. Do you know at the time, like what the need for that was? Like why you bounce from relationship to relationship? I was avoiding myself. Okay. Because I was avoiding the relationship with myself. Yeah. And I, did, I wanted to do everything to avoid that. So I would find every way to kind of get away from that. And why were you avoiding yourself? Because after everything I'd gone through, all the traumatic events, you create these beliefs, unfortunately, and they're unconscious. You don't think like, oh, because this has happened to me, this is a belief. It's very unconscious. But when stuff like, when certain things happen to you, for example, I'll give you one. So I used to make music, right? Yeah. And my stepdad, who's not my stepdad anymore, when I first made my song, the first song ever that I made, he was like, I showed it to my parents and it wasn't a good song. (laughs) It was a horrible song. And one day I will release it just so people know what my music was like at the time. I come home and I was already nervous. And I showed my parents and my stepdad's like, honestly, you don't have the voice for it. You should never make music. Your mom is rich. And she wasn't, but your mom is rich. Pay someone to do everything for you. Say it's you because you're not, you have no future here. Wow. (laughs) How did that make you feel? So... I felt useless. I felt not worthy. I felt like I can't do anything. Yeah. Um, so stuff like that. And I created this belief at the time from all these different events, all these different traumatic events and bullying that I'm not good enough. I'm not attractive. So I'm not going to, you know, find love. Uh, I'm going to die alone. I don't have anything to offer. So people won't care if I die. Like all these crazy things. And as soon as I had any time by myself alone to think, I would go straight to those thoughts. Straight to the thoughts. So you're a massive overthinker. Yeah. 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 So I would basically try to find anything to evade going to myself and thinking about those things. Which was why the attachment to the relationships. Exactly. And they gave me validation, right? So it's like, how can I be a loser that no one cares about if I'm in a relationship with someone who does care about me? Yeah. So it was like, I just kept jumping from one thing to another. And I had so many addictions, like even shopping. Like I would, because I wasn't confident in myself. I had to like prove myself. I would just buy as much designer as I could. I would like guilt trip my parents into getting me designer at the time. And yeah. But why was that? Was that to make yourself feel good? Yeah. So low self-confidence, low self-worth and yeah, addiction. So... And how old were you at the time? You're like, you said like from the age of 16 onwards? 16 to 19, this stuff carried. And then when I went to uni, like that's when things started. I that's a really difficult period for anybody. I mean, you're essentially still a child at, yeah, that, yeah, at yeah. that point, you know, learning a lot and going through a lot. Yeah. What, what other things were you going through at the time? Um, what other things were I going through? Well, parents being divorced and my stepdad, who was like saying all these things to me. Yeah. I lived with him for years. So it was constantly like things like this. He would like, I feel bad to say this now, but he would say things to my mom, things like, oh, Sahel did this, but I didn't actually do these things. So then she treated me differently because she trusted him and she thought I was doing the things he was saying, but I wasn't. And that led me to feeling misunderstood. So family life, not working out. With friends in school, I was constantly bullied. Because of that, my grades didn't do well. I had no form of identity. My identity was the clothes I have. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. And then from the age of like 19 onwards, what, you were at university or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And where did you go to uni? Brighton. Back in the UK? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you were born and raised in the UAE? Yes. Okay. So I was born in Dubai, lived here yeah. all my life, and then went to the UK for about three years. And how was the experience in the UK? The first couple of months when I was dealing with my mental health, it was really bad. It was really, really bad. And it was the worst it had gotten. I basically, yeah. 
there were there was a time where I didn't even speak to my dad for like months. No messages, no calling, no nothing. I didn't speak to any of my family members. It was just my mom and one of my cousins. Okay. So I really struggled with exams. I could, I didn't. I was in the city. I was there for the exams, but I didn't do any of my exams. Didn't do the essay. Didn't go for the test. Didn't do any of that stuff. Uh, just because I was scared. I didn't think I was good enough, and I was kind of ignorant. And stuff you like you were trying to avoid it, or yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was trying to avoid it. And my mental health there got really bad. So I was there for months, but I didn't I didn't have one friend, except for the guy I was living with, who I knew from Dubai. Okay. So we kind of were friends in school and we moved together to Brighton for uni. And what was the, the reason why you went to Brighton? Literally because my friend was there. Okay. So I basically, actually I got, so four unis said yes. The four unis I had applied to on okay. a conditional offer, they said yes. Yeah. On the day where I got my results, I called every single one of them and I told them, I don't want to come to your uni. And why didn't you want to go? Because I was scared. Okay. I was anxious and scared. So I was like, okay, what's the, what's the place where I could go? And my friend at the time told me that oh, I'm going to Brighton Uni and you should try to get in there. So I literally called the uni up. I was in Greece with my mom on holiday and um, get all my results, call every school before even, okay, this is crazy. Before Brighton Uni even accepted me, I told all the schools I'm not going. Okay. So if they didn't accept me, I wouldn't have nothing. gone to uni. Nothing. And I was, I didn't even think about it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go. Anyways, I called Brighton up and they said yes. Okay. Instantly. My grades were okay. They weren't yeah. horrible, horrible, but they they were okay. So they said yes to me and I ended up going to Brighton. And you were happy to go to Brighton? At the time, yes. But not the others? Yeah. Yeah. Because I was, okay. it, it just seemed like a safe space for me. Yeah. Is that because you knew somebody there? Yeah. You had a connection? I knew like two people going there. Okay. So yeah. And as soon as I got there... Uh, again, like I said, with the mental health, everything went bad. Me and my friend would fall out all the time. Okay. We would lie to each other, steal from each other, essentially. Uh, it was bad. It was really bad. So we became, because of both of our addictions, we went from being best friends and we basically hated each other. Every day was a fight. Every oh. single day was a fight. And how did that make you feel? I guess it makes the situation even worse. It's kind of like the downward spiral into It makes it worse else. because he was... He's like a very confident and me and him are like, okay now, but he's a very confident, popular guy. So he would make all the friends and he would have a group of people to hang out with. I had no one. Yeah. So if I was to hang out with him, I had no one. And going to a new place like Brighton, there was so much exposure to so many things and I couldn't fend for myself or do anything for myself. I didn't even know how to wash dishes. I didn't know. Crazy. Crazy. I didn't know you had to put soap on the little sponge thing to wash really? dishes. I didn't know how to use a washing machine. I was unequipped for life, basically. And you had to learn everything as you went. Yeah, because in Dubai, right, you, you grow up in this environment where you're in this bubble and everything's safe. Privilege, exactly. Privilege. So when I had to figure out how to wash my clothes, I was like, how do I do this? Yeah, and essentially stand on your own two feet. Yeah, and it was tough. I went days when... So I was, I think, 95 kgs when I got there. Yeah. And in three... No, in four months, I had dropped down 30 kg. Wow, that's a significant 60 drop. pounds. And that was all through stress, anxiety. Yeah, so there would be days where I wouldn't take showers for three, four days. I wouldn't eat for two, three days. No water, no food. But why? Just because you didn't feel like it or? It was just, uh, I mean, when you, when you are going through so much yeah. and you can't control anything in your environment, Food is like the one thing, oh, I can't control that. Yeah. I can control my appetite. It's like the one thing I have control over. And yeah, I kind of was so lost there. I didn't even realize that I was, for two, three days, I wasn't eating. It just kind of happened. Wow. So. And did you complete uni in the UK? Yeah. So I, so, okay. So when I, me and my friend, basically, we got to a point where 
we had this huge argument and I used to get panic attacks all the time. Yeah. And I didn't know why I was getting them. So sometimes I'd be in Mall of Emirates with my friends having fun. Next thing I know, I'm in the bathroom just having a panic attack. And I had no idea. And I was breathing heavily. I thought I was going to die. No idea. No one knew. Didn't tell anyone yeah. about it. Went through. Did you know it was a panic attack at the time? No, I had no idea. I was just like, why am I breathing heavily? Yeah. Why do I feel like I'm going to die? And yeah. That, that's what it was. So when I got to Brighton, I had panic attacks multiple times. I remember this one time and this is the moment where everything changed for me. Me and my friend were falling out all the time and we're basically having this huge argument and his girlfriend's there and our friend is there and I'm crying on the floor, screaming at him. He's screaming at me. And I had this moment where I just realized, what is this environment? You know, it's like, imagine, imagine being a pilot you're on a plane, you put it on autopilot, you leave to go get your coffee, you come back and the plane is falling. Yeah. Right? That's what you felt like your life was like. Yeah. Because from 16 to 20, it was autopilot. I, yeah. I was getting in trouble. I was getting detentions. I was getting like my school almost kicked me out before. So during that time, you were aware that you were kind of on this downward path. Yeah. But it was like autopilot. I wasn't, I was aware of everything I was doing, but it was just, I want to avoid this. I want to avoid yeah. this emotion. I want to avoid this. And I just kept going, kept going, kept going, not thinking of it. So when I had that moment with my friend, I'm sitting on the floor looking at my friends here and I'm just like, what is this life that I'm yeah. living here? My, I can't make friends. I'm not in any relationships. I'm addicted to these hundred different things and I don't know how to deal with it. My parents and my family have ostracized me and I don't talk to any of them. My mom has basically like lost all hope in me. Yeah. Although she didn't, but that's what it felt like. And I had failed all my exams and I was just like, what is this life that I've created for myself? Is that the lowest point you were ever at? Yes. Yes. That was the lowest yeah. point I've ever been at. And then... That was kind of like my wake up moment. And I was like, yo, something needs to change. And what did that make up, wake up moment even feel like? Like in the moment when it yeah. was happening? Like, did you know that that was the wake up moment? Like it, was the one kind of thing that sparked and was like, I need to turn my life around now. It wasn't that, but that was the first point of time when I kind of realized what my actual environment is, what my yeah. friends are, who they are, what type of people am I surrounding myself with, what type of life I'll have if I continue doing this for any longer, that I won't have a life. Yeah. And I had almost lost my life a couple of times. I was going to so, say, do you think that potentially, you know, you might have lost that life? Yeah. I think there were three instances where I, where I was very close and it didn't, it didn't happen. Thank God. And was so, that through accident or through? No, it was, it was purposeful. Yeah. So I tried, I tried, I tried to end it all. Really? Uh, yeah, but it didn't work. It didn't work. Thankfully. Thank God. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, 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 yeah. So that moment when I'm with my friend, that's kind of when, like I said, with the plane and the, the yeah. pilot, that's kind of when I get into the cockpit and I see, oh my God, the plane's falling. And I like take, I take, and I kind of realized that was the moment where I realized the plane's crashing. And that you needed to take back control. Yes, exactly. And it was then basically that I told my mom about some of the things that were going on, but not everything because she would have freaked out. And how did she react? She was just crying. She was like, yeah. she didn't know. She didn't know what to do. She had lost hope in me multiple times, but that time she was just like, I don't know what to do now. Yeah. But she obviously still cared. She cared, yeah. but she didn't know what to do. Yeah. And, um, you know, she told me basically to try meditation. She's like, this is the lowest point you've ever been in your life. It can't go lower than this. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. I was like, you know what, mom? Probably true. Like, yeah. It won't go worse than this. So let's, let's, um, 
yeah, let me let me let me try meditation. But at the time, I wasn't open to. It. I was saying yes, but it wasn't. But I wasn't going to do it. And I had multiple moments from that day onwards till the day I started meditating, where I was like, I was kind of getting signs to meditate. Yeah. And for example, I'll I'll give this one moment. So I want to know the signs. I'm okay. very interested. So I'll give you one. Yeah. I'm a science based person. My okay. psychology degree is science based, and I'm and I and I like to. I don't necessarily. Yeah, I believe in science. I believe in yeah. I believe in religion too. I'm religious person but I believe in science and um, at that time I didn't understand the power of meditation I was like how can I close my eyes for a couple minutes and that will solve my problems it sounds a bit douchey in a way like you know when people tell you I'll go and meditate it's like well that sounds like an easy solution yeah 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 yeah. and it's it's like people think it's like this woo 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 thing where it's like how can that be something yeah yeah but I had this one moment right and I'll tell this one time I was getting ready to go to a party. So I'm drinking, I'm having my fun, whatever. And I'm in my room alone and I just start crying out of nowhere. And I'm, and I'm ready to have fun. I'm yeah. ready to go out to the club. And I just start crying. And I'm like, why am I crying? Like, and I had no idea. Like I, it wasn't like I was thinking about anything. It was like a spontaneous crying. outburst. Spontaneous outburst. I'm like, why am I crying? Anyways, I usually don't tell my mom when I'm going through something. Yeah. And they always... My parents always tell me you should tell us. But anyways, I, I I didn't. But this time I called my mom and I was like, she didn't pick up. So I texted her and I was like, I don't know why I'm crying right now. And she's like, oh my God. And she yeah. didn't say anything. Two hours later, I'm about to leave for the club now. And she sends me a message and she's like, I was doing a two hour healing meditation for you. And she was doing a 21, uh, a three day meditation course. Yeah. So from like 9am in the morning to 8am at, at night. And at the end of every day, they do a two hour meditation. Yeah. One is to heal yourself. One is to heal your ancestors. One is to heal people in your life yeah. right now. And she said, the reason she, she didn't pick up my phone at the time when I messaged, when I called her is because she was in the middle of that meditation. Okay. So I'm like, how can someone from Dubai yeah. be meditating for my healing while I'm in UK? And then you start to feel it. Exactly. And I was like, this is crazy. Like I believed in science and all this, but I was like, how can something like this happen? Okay. And that was the first time where I was like, okay, maybe there's something to this meditation thing. And did that unlock something in you to kind of look and try and discover something further? Yeah. 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 Because I was like, this seems magical. This doesn't seem real. And at first I was scared because I was like, this is weird. It's like witchcraft. It's like magic. Yeah. 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 So I was like, I don't know what this is. What am I meant to do? Like, like, do I start it? Do I not do it? Like, how can this, how can something, you know, when you have beliefs and then they just get shattered and you don't, and something completely out of your, something like that happens. I didn't know what to do. And that's kind of when I was like, okay, let me try this meditation thing. And what was your first meditation like? Honestly, first meditation wasn't like anything. It was just like, it just kind of, it kind of just, um, happened and I kind of went on with my day but I will tell you one thing sorry yeah, gonna no, say I was gonna say well what is meditation it's essentially right. go on sorry no 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 go 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 no because from my understanding because I started meditating recently which is why I'm really interested wow yeah 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 give me um, it's something which my friend recommended something today, like going through my own journey but um, I find it really difficult because my my brain I'm an overthinker mm. like my brain is constantly churning out so having that moment where you switch off and you really don't think of anything apart from the stillness, it's quite challenging. It's challenging for everyone. Yeah. Even for me. It's been like three years now. Okay. I say even for me. There's monks that <clears throat> meditate for years. But yeah. like it's been three years and I do it every day and I still have that difficulty, by and the way. When do you do it? I do it in the morning. Okay. So I have a little routine. Yeah. Um, I wake up and I pray first, I journal second, and then I meditate third. Okay. So yeah. And with meditation, with what you're saying, that's completely normal. But meditation isn't about always so there's kind of two goals to it it's not always about just being mindful and having no thoughts it's about 
the process of meditation is you kind of try to have that mindfulness. Your mind kind of goes everywhere and then you bring yourself back to that breath and that mindfulness. And the reason why I think that's so important is because I think that finding purpose in your life is important as well. So now we're talking about meditation, right? But let's take that into life. You're going through life. You have a purpose to help people, whatever you think your purpose is. So you're going through the straight path and then you have all these distractions that come. But yeah, so when you when you go on this straight path and you have all these distractions that come, the same way in meditation when you have thoughts and you have to bring yourself back to that mindful thing and you're like, okay, what, why am I doing this? What am yeah. I doing? Life is the same way. You have your purpose. We tend to get distracted, but most people get lost in that sauce. Yeah. And they give their energy and they kind of forget about what they're doing. So meditation teaches you, meditation isn't an activity you do throughout the day. It's a state of mind that you carry for life. Okay. So it's the same exact thing. And similarly, you have your purpose, you get yeah. lost in the sauce. It's about bringing yourself back. So yeah. meditation is the same exact thing. It grounds you. Grounds you. So yeah. when you have that, it's about bringing yourself back. Uh, that's, that's what I think it is. So when you were at your lowest point, did you understand at that moment that you lacked purpose? Or that you felt you lacked purpose, sorry? Uh, yes, in a way. So yeah. what happened was, the first day I didn't feel anything, but one thing was, these thoughts that I was not wanting to get back into I felt like I had a, like a dark cloud around me at all times. Yeah. When I started meditation, that cloud kind of like opened up a little bit. I yeah. started to see a little bit of sunshine. And, you know, it made me feel better about myself. Yeah. And when you're going through depression, anxiety, even the little smallest feeling of, I feel better about myself. It's like, wow, I can't believe I'm feeling this right now. Yeah. Because you think your life is going to be like this for the rest of, to the end of time. So... When I had that meditation and that cloud and I, and the clouds kind of went away. So what I would do is I would wake up and then I would, as soon as I wake up to avoid my thoughts, go back into whatever addiction I had, whether yeah. it was shopping, whether whatever it was, I would go back into it. So when I started meditating, I would meditate. And then for 30 minutes, I was like, I'm going to stay in my thoughts. I'm not going to go to addiction. Yeah. So start off like that. 30 minutes, 45 minutes, one so hour, reprogramming two Reprogramming your brain. Yeah. And I basically... It made me realize, so when I first started, okay, so by the seventh day, that's when everything changed. I had like what I like to call an awakening. Yeah. And this day, on the seventh day, I remember going to university. So I'm taking a taxi. For the first time in two months, I'm going to uni for a lecture, for anything. And I remember for someone with anxiety, I had the most spiritual, the most wonderful conversation with this taxi driver there. And then I get to my uni, I'm in my seminar, and all of a sudden... I feel confident talking to the students. Yeah. And I'm talking to everyone. So much so that the students ask me, are you high? Are you drunk right now? No. I'm like, actually, no, I'm not. And I feel great. And then on my way back home from uni, that this is all one day. So taxi to uni, uni back home to one day. I'm in, I'm, I'm in the bus. And in UK, they tell you, don't look at anyone in yeah, the don't bus. Don't talk to people. Don't talk to people. Yeah. I'm just sitting there chilling, minding my business. I see this guy listening to an album. It was Trippy Red's album. I love... A love letter to you for okay and i love the album so i'm kind of listening seeing this guy kind of scrolling to the album i just start a conversation with him and someone ran him in the bus yeah now for someone with anxiety these three experiences where i'm having random of conversations course, with completely people completely outside of your your normal world comfort zone yeah so i come home and i'm like what, what the hell did i just do <laughs> like who the hell was that and how yeah. did that happen and I, and I and that kind of taught me that identity and the way you behave it can change. It's not, yeah. it's not, it's fluid. It's, it's not, not something defined. that, it's not defined. Yeah. I thought because of psychology and stuff, my past events, my past trauma, the things I've done in my past make me who I am. The childhood I have, the genes I have yeah. make me who I am. 
Later on, realizing your past doesn't make you who you are. The habits in your present, yeah, that's what makes you who you are. So you mentioned in the conversation that, you know, your mom went through the spiritual healing and no. then you got emotional. That was a sign. I'm assuming, you know, these three different encounters. You're a great interviewer. That, oh, oh thank God. you. <laughs> I just impressive. said like a hundred like, things and you were like pinpointing. No, exactly. no, 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 I'm, wow. just, I'm really interested in this conversation. You know, yeah. they were signs as well. So tell me about your spiritual journey. Are you spiritual now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. hundred percent. I would say so. And what is spirituality? What does it mean? Spirituality, it's a bit like metaphysics. Okay. So... Actually, I, I spoke to Poonam about this the other day, but meta is just outside the body and yeah. physics is physical. So yeah. outside this, it, it means that there's more to your physical body. Okay. So for me, spirituality is knowing that you have a, an actual spirit yeah. and that your human body and the emotions you feel and the chemicals in your body that make you feel anxious and depression don't define you. Yeah. And that your mind... So I know for me, for example, there's a difference between mind, a brain, mind and soul. Yeah. And so for me... With that, I just understood what my mind is and that. So when I first started, basically, the meditation, what, what my spiritual journey has been like. So that seventh day, I was like, who's that person who yeah. was there throughout that day? And I want to be more like him. Yeah, it's completely different from the person before. Different person. And I came home and I was like, oh my God, like, who is that guy? Did people notice a change? Yeah, 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 yeah. So everyone noticed a change. My friends that I was living with, that I was fighting with, even they noticed a change and they're like, you're different now. Yeah. And I was like, so what I realized is that I had this identity from my past events where I had certain beliefs yeah. and I had certain beliefs about who I am, the way life works and the way the world is. And I had created this identity for myself. And when I started meditating, what I started doing first was I started understanding, okay, so the, after that seventh day, for the next like two weeks, all I did was clean my house and think. Yeah. Every day, wake up, clean, think, clean, think, clean, And what think. were those thoughts? Yeah, so the thoughts were basically... Who am I? What am I doing? I just observed myself, like everything I did. Am I moving how I don't want to move? Am I speaking how I don't want to speak? Am I having thoughts that are not helping me in yeah. the future? Like what? Everything. These are much more positive thoughts, whereas previously they were, they were fairly negative. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, so literally before the seventh day, negative. Seventh day, have wow. this moment. Eighth day onwards, I'm like, okay, what now? It's a complete mind shift. Yeah. And it's, it was like, it feels like it happened quickly, but it's years worth of suffering and stuff yeah. that brought me to that one experience. I made me realize, oh, wow. Okay. Wow. So yeah. And I just kind of figured out like, okay, what are my beliefs? What's my life? What are my habits? What am I doing? And so I had this identity for myself and I was like, okay, so this is the identity of, that I had before where I was depressed, had anxiety. I had all these habits, all these addictions. These are the thoughts I had. And I wrote this all down. So I started journaling. I was like, yeah. these are the thoughts. This is how I feel about myself. This is the person I used to be. Yeah. But now... After that seventh day where I'm confident now, this is who I am. And then who do I want to be? Yeah. So there was essentially three versions of me. There was who I want to be, who I am, and who I used to be. Yeah. And in my journal, I basically made it like a story. I was like, this is the person I used to be. This is the person I am now. And this is the person I'm going to be. And I was like, okay, how do I do this now? Yeah. So I was like, what does this person do? That The person I want to be, the person that's confident. When they wake up, what do they do? Do they have a clean environment? Do they have a dirty environment? That's why, hence, hence all the cleaning. Yeah. Do they speak a certain way? What type of conversations do they have? Yeah. What type of things do they, what type of podcast do they watch? How do, do they, they present themselves? Do they watch Rooted Within? Or do they <laughs> watch, so. you know, some, you know, random, you know, whatever. So yeah. I was like, so I basically figured out, okay, this is the identity I want. Yeah. What does this identity do? And yeah. then I just copy pasted what the identity did. Wow. It's extremely powerful. Yeah. 
It's a big change. Before we get on talk about like where you are now in the future, mm. I want to talk you because you mentioned in the in the conversation suicide mm. and you know those dark thoughts. It's something which is really something big with men at the moment. Yeah, and you know it's something which I've not necessarily had dark thoughts, but you know, concept, especially during COVID, there was times when it got contemplated. But I've had friends yeah. which have done it and ultimately taken their life. Why is it such a big issue for men? Do you think? Do you know how an earthquake works? Go on. It's a bit like. You have these two tectonic plates yeah. and the longer they're kind of like... The friction, the tension. The friction they have, the yeah. tension they have, the more when they finally release that tension, the higher the magnitude of the earthquake and then... Got you. Right? So with men, with women, they like to talk about their emotions. So yeah. that tension is there, it builds up and then it moves. With men, that they don't like to talk about their emotions. This, so imagine, right, so this is the emotions men are going through. And this is the the man. Yeah. Their friction is there for so long yeah. and they keep suppressing it. So when it finally releases, the impact or the magnitude of the earthquake is much higher yeah. than if it were for women that I know, because for the most part, they like to talk about yeah. it. So men don't. And as soon as they release that emotion, it's like, it's such a, yeah. And why do you yeah. think that men can't talk about emotions? I think because of society. Yeah, true. So there's a stigma around mental health. Yeah. And there's like three types of stigma. Well, there's two types of stigmas. There's social stigma mm-hmm. and self-stigma. So social stigma is built by society. What society thinks how men should be. Yeah. Self-stigma is like, okay, how you think you should be. For example, if you're dealing with emotions as a man, you think, oh, if I talk about it, society is going to think I'm a weak man. So yeah. I don't want to talk about it. And then self-stigma is I'm a loser. I'm weak. Why am I thinking about these emotions? Why am I letting it affect me? So we kind of push it under the rug. And stigmas reduced over time, but there are three pretty much main ways of why it's still there. Mm-hmm. And the three main reasons are interpersonal relationships. Yeah. So friends and family, education and culture and society. Yeah. So I'll start with interpersonal relationships. You, when I told my dad I'm dealing with emotions, he'd call me. He's like, you're gay. He's like, that's such a gay thing to say. Why would yeah. you say that? Or why are you being like a woman? Right. Yeah. And man up. yeah, man up, don't cry, man up and tough love and, and all that type of stuff. So I thought, okay, well, I can't talk to anyone about my emotions. I have to deal with it myself. And I, yeah. and I still go, I still deal with that to some extent today, but now I have ways of coping with it. And if I really need help, I go to my parents or my friends. Yeah. So they're more open to it now. Yeah. Do you think that society is changing? It is. Because on my own personal journey, like I've started to go see a therapist, I'm talking to people now, and even just opening up to colleagues in the office, like it's amazing the amount of other male colleagues that are going through something similar. Yeah. And people are starting to have those conversations where previously it wouldn't happen. Yeah. And even opening up to my own family and talking to them, like they're much more aware of it and it's much more understanding. Yeah. And it just seems that, yeah, mental health and the education around it seems to be a bit more mainstream. Yeah. And people are yeah. people are more open. It's trending now. It's trending. It's it's trending to be a life coach or a spiritual yeah, or a coach therapist. or a therapist. But I will say before we move on, shout out to you because in this world, you are a man that has gone to a therapist and that's yeah. a big deal. Do you know what, what shocks me the most is every time I go for my session, the, the reception is always full of men. Really? I've, ne- I've never seen one woman in it. No and it, it, it can't be because they schedule it that way because I change my schedules all the time. But it's interesting to see the amount of men that go in there. And I've bumped into a couple of people I knew in the in the reception no. and didn't realize that they were also seeing therapists. That's amazing. Yeah. So it is, it's good that people are talking about it, but obviously more needs to be done. Yeah. I actually want to hear about your journey. Why did you... Uh, <laughs> like? 
You said last year was tough for you. Yeah, it's tough. Like we went through the pandemic with COVID. Oh, you have great teeth. <laughs> I paid for them. <laughs> They're so white. <laughs> I paid for them. <laughs> I'm like trying yeah. to listen to you, but I'm like, damn, his teeth are so teeth. white. Probably we don't even need lights bit. here. Okay, um, man, sorry. Oh my God, I got lost track of what I was saying. Um, so we went through the pandemic and for the events industry, like horrific. I've always been a very tough type of character. My personality is very A, very dominant, um, you know, very kind of authoritarian. You know, I'm going to push through, I'm going to make things happen. All the girls hearing that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Are you single? Uh, I'm not too sure yet. Okay. But I'm not into girls. <laughs> okay. Oh, fairs. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Wow. Um, so, um, Yes, yeah, so I was like seeing, that, hopefully. Um, so yeah, so I was like pushing through and stuff like that. And I was kind of like that person, which was always, you know, strong, um, but didn't realize that the pandemic really took a toll on us. Like just dealing with drama every day, you know, personal dramas, financial dramas. I lost a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, also as well, like poor, couldn't afford to eat, couldn't afford to do anything. I was trying to keep business alive. And also as well, like losing that self-esteem, like losing that relevance. We work in the events industry. We were mm-hmm. completely irrelevant for a long time. So I really lost purpose. Like I thought I had it and then it just went overnight and we were trying to build it all back. And then halfway through last year, like I was horrific. I was angry. I couldn't feel any emotion other than rage. Who were you angry at? Everybody. What were you angry at? Everything. Like literally the single smallest thing would trigger me. Mm. Um, And it would just trigger me into this whole world of rage. And I could feel it like my entire body would just be like consumed by this negative energy. And sometimes it'd take me three days to recover. Like I'd have to lock myself mm-hmm. away for days. And there was one time we were working on a project and I was horrible to my colleagues. Like I made people cry. Like I really wow. went hard. Mm. And it was the moment whenever, when all of them came to me and was like, that's not acceptable. Yeah. Like where you're at right now is not healthy. It's not good. You need to go and fix it. Did you know you were doing that? <laughs> no. Autopilot, just like Autopilot. me. Autopilot. Yeah. Wow. I knew I was tired. I knew I was exhausted. I knew I wasn't happy. I put on weight. Um, Fit now though. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Trying and working on it. Um, excessively drinking. I wouldn't necessarily addicted, but was drinking too much, um, which is addiction. And then just like going through a lot of problems and kind of really disconnected from people, really disconnected. And then friends of mine said, like, you just need to go away. Like, go, leave, sleep, eat, do what you need to do. So I essentially booked a five-week trip and I went wow. to I went to Barcelona, wow. um, hung out with friends, and then went to like Mexico, El Salvador, Central America, and had like this most enlightening journey. Wow. There was two key moments that happened on that trip. One of them was when I was in Barcelona. And this is my first experience with spirituality, which is why I'm interested. I never believed any of that previously. And then we were on the beach with my friend and there was a ceremony happening, which is from like South America called Pechamama. And it's when they kind of connect with the earth. And my friend was like, let's go and do it. And I was like, this is bullshit. Like, I'm not interested, but I'm going to watch you. So I watched to do it. And basically what they do is as a shaman and he has like stinging nettles, Mm. like branches. And then people strip down to the underwear and he essentially hits your body with the stinging nettles. So you have the reaction, you say a prayer, he blesses you. And then you go into the water and you cleanse yourself. So my friend did it and she came back and she said it was amazing. And I was looking going like maybe. So I did it. So I essentially stripped down to my boxers, did the whole thing. I don't speak Spanish properly. So she said, you know, what do you want him to pray for? And I couldn't think of anything at the time apart from, I just want this to be better. Like that was the only thing I could think of. Like I wasn't happy. There was an issue. I was like, can someone just help me make it better? So I did the whole thing and then kind of forgot about it, but felt great afterwards. Like, yeah, it's nice. And then randomly booked a trip to Mexico 
and just wanted to go and like chill in Tulum and hang out. Um, and then when I was in Tulum, I met someone who's now like one of my closest friends and he opened my eyes into like spirituality, meditation, therapy. Wow. And there was this most intense conversation for about five or six hours of two people that have never met each other before and was just sharing life stories and That's journeys. Beautiful. Oh and that God. was the, that was my awakening. Wow. That was my moment when I was like, I need to fix this. Like, I'm, I'm, this is not the life I want. What do I want? Yeah. And then it's been a process of the last six months more of going to the gym, eating healthily, changing the way I think, you know, going to see a therapist, but also really looking at like, what's my intention and what's my purpose and who do I want to be? Mm. Yes, that's been my journey. That, okay. So I feel like our stories in a way are similar. Kind of similar. Just because you were going through a period where you were, you know, it, it was the worst it had been. You were yeah. ha- having all these problems. And then you've had a breakthrough. Yeah this last year. And three things I realized in your, in your journey is most people, when they're going through something or when they're trying to do anything, they always realize like, they always think, how do I do this? Yeah. And they get stuck in that how for so long. Uh, but from your journey and my journey, what I noticed is we started with being in a state of energy yeah. and that emotion of enough is enough. I can't yeah. do this anymore. Yeah. Like I'm sick and tired of this. Your whole environment is like telling you this isn't, you know, something has to change. That enough is enough energy is what you need to kind of realize what you're doing yeah. and then basically figure out, okay, what's important to you and why? Yeah. Cause, and finding out what that's important and why is a journey because like you don't know at the time, but through yeah. a series of encounters and a series of discussions, I really started to understand what that was. Yeah. And it's creating a story, right? Yeah. So it's like, before you were this person that did this, now you're going to be this person that does this. Yeah. And it's in, under, because most people think, I feel like, of how am I going to do it? But all these big figures in our lives, Martin Luther King, these yeah. people, they didn't know how they were going to do what they did. They just thought, what's important to me and purpose. why is it important? What's my purpose? Yeah. What am I here to do? And that was the second step for you when yeah. you went there. So first is you have that enough is enough energy. Then you have what's important to me and why. You make the story. And then third you kind of just start and you figure out how later. Yeah. It's like a three-step thing. Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. For me, the the purpose stuff came at the end of last year. And again, it was through the connection of the friend that I made in Mexico when he traveled to Dubai. Mm. We had lots of conversation and we really reconnected kind of like spiritual, I guess, and really understanding what the purpose was because I didn't have one at the time. Like I literally felt worthless. I was mm-hmm. like, why am I here? What am I doing? What do I contribute to anybody? I had no gratitude, nothing. I know how that feels. Like yeah. it's tough. Like, but you don't realize you're going through it at the time. Yeah. You just feel this like cloud, as you mentioned. And then it was through those conversations where I really started to understand what purpose was and what purpose means. And then from that, having experiences afterwards to help. But it was interesting you mentioned the spiritual healing one because I went through one similar. Mm. Um, and on my first one, I just cried the entire session. Wow. I walked into the, into the healer and for no particular reason, just started crying. Mm. And I even said to her, I was like, I don't know why I'm crying. Why are you crying? She went, because for the first time you're starting to feel gratitude. Mm. And I was like, what the hell? And it was a really intense experience. And I've had multiple ones since. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing. So purpose, what's your purpose now? My purpose is to help as many people going through what I went through. And even if you're not, to have the confidence to get themselves back to where they should be find that purpose and get everything they want, whatever that is. Yeah. I realized that now as society evolves, as technology evolves, humans devolve, I've realized. And, you know, I feel like, okay, so for example, now we have ChatGBT. Yeah. It's great as technology is evolving. It's great, for example, this one thing because it can help you with so many things. But now, for example, 
students are using it to write their essays. Yeah. Right. And we go through, so that's one, even Tinder. And by the way, I'm not saying I don't use these things. I use yeah. Tinder sometimes. I use ChatGPT. I use all these things, but do it with awareness because yeah. even let's say with Tinder, right? People are kind of just going on it because they are avoiding this fear of doing it in person and having the confidence to yeah. meet someone in person. So they're hiding behind this thing essentially. And then another example is, what's another example? Working out. Yeah. Now people are working out. They don't want to wait the 10 years to reach their full potential. They want to take steroids now. Yeah. And I feel like we go through different, we, we have two states in our lives. Yeah. We're either creators or consumers. Yeah. So the people listening to us, they're consumers. But when they speak, they're creators, yeah. right? When you write, you're a creator, but when you read, you're a consumer. You're a consumer. Yeah. So we go through these two stages in our lives where we're either a creator or a consumer. If we spend our whole lives consuming, 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 and not creating something that other people can consume, yeah, it, it will lead to us not being as happy, not... It's completely out of balance. Yeah, yeah. Because again, like we said, the mind, mental health at the end of the day is understanding what your mind is, the power of it, creating a good relationship with it and using it. But what happens when you don't use it? Yeah. And as a content creator, I think people think, oh, it's rich of you to say that, you know, you should create. But I don't mean that. I could just copy other people's content and, and put that. It's taking information that already exists, making it your own and yeah. then putting it out. So with these things, like I'm talking with Tinder, with ChatGPT, with all these things, we're becoming consumers and people are not wanting to use their abilities to do things. So with the gym, there's so many lessons that come with it when you're doing it. But people want to take steroids without having a great sleep routine, without having the diet, without going in. They want, to, they want everything yeah. quick. So the amount of effort and the lessons you learn to ask someone out on a date in person, you learn so many lessons from True. that. The amount of lessons you learn from going to the gym, yeah. you know, before you take the steroids and, you know, having With to blood, learn sweat discipline. sweat and tears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You learn so many lessons. Yeah. Even with writing essays for uni, like all these things that we should be learning these lessons because we're insecure in our abilities and we have a lack of self-confidence. Confidence is knowing you have the ability to do something. Yeah. People don't have the confidence. And so instead of using their mind to kind of do things that help them gain the confidence. They're doing things to evade that yeah. and using things to help them have shortcuts. So for me, what I do is I try to teach people the power of your mind. Like same thing we're talking about, identity, yeah. power of your mind, confidence, all these things. And I, and I want people to be able to use their talents, their mind, their, you know, what's within them to get everything they've wanted. Because yeah. at the end of the day, whether you use any of these things, you need to deal with the inside, the, what you're going through inside. Like for me, I first started all my addictions when I, was, when I started meditating. I stopped all the addictions I had, but those were socially undesirable addictions that I had before. Yeah. I changed them to socially desirable addictions. Yeah. So my trauma was still there, but now I wasn't shopping. I wasn't in relationships. I wasn't doing any of the other addictions. I was now working, creating reels, yeah. going to the gym. Yeah, reading, educating. Reading. Yeah. And it's good. It's definitely good because I, I went from wrong addictions to technically right socially desirable yeah. addictions. Yeah. But that doesn't take away that you have underlying things you need to deal with. Of course. And still need to address. So you can't necessarily live your life doing things out of fear. It yeah. can help you. And you could be a workaholic because you fear not being able to be successful. But if your fuel can be something other than fear. Yeah. If it can be something other than fear, you'll realize that you'll put more effort, higher quality. And what I'm trying to do is I'm basically trying to teach people how to find themselves, understand the power of their mind and be able to get everything they've wanted 
without having to use all these other things that they're yeah. trying to use now. Wow. That's I, my goal. There you go. I think that is the perfect way to wrap up. Thank you so yeah. much for the chat. It was really inspirational. I'm just honored oh, to have you in the yeah. studio. And I'm really looking forward to speaking to you outside of the studio. Yeah, uh, I think there's definitely lots of synergies and, you know, kudos to you and your journey and for what you're trying to you achieve too. now. Oh, you too. You too. Yeah, it's been a big journey for you and it was a, it was recent for you as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been recent. a year, right? You said? Yeah. It's, so, still, it's still continuing. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Every day is a, a learning day. I'm excited to see where you take it, honestly. Cool. Likewise, buddy. Thank you so much. Yeah. Come and join us again. Yeah, I would love to come on again. Done. Actually, yeah. Next season. Please. Next season, we'll talk for more. Sure. Cool. Thank you for, for the sure. chat. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Rooted Within. If you like this episode, please make sure you drop a follow so you never miss an episode in the future. Rooted Within with Lily and Dan.